Welcome back to the Create Your World podcast. This is episode 21 in the year 2020. How are you doing over there, Ben? I'm pretty good, mate. It's been a good break, hasn't it? It has been a good break. (laughs) Thank you, dear listeners, for hanging on in there these last few months. Uh, But we have emerged from the depths uh, like a submarine surfacing (laughs) to (laughs) check out (laughs) what's going on up here and uh, to give you all a bit of an update on where we're at and what to expect in the big year ahead so uh, very happy to be with you on the call this morning then Mm -hmm. how's your holidays man holidays um I don't know where to begin because uh, holidays you know we're about to break here for Chinese New Year so I'm always a little bit uh perplexed as to where my holidays really are but these holidays i'll be finishing off my master's thesis (laughs) as i attempt to graduate uh, by june so for me there's not really any holidays going on at the moment i mean (laughs) i can't really remember the last time i I had a proper oh i had a proper holiday last july but but not uh that was a few days right is there an official break you know uh that most of the country has after chinese new year uh, there, there is for about yeah six to seven days, something around that time. Okay. Um, but I will okay. just be sitting at home, uh, on Word, uh, you know, knocking out my my final paper. So I have absolutely no plans for the holidays except writing my thesis. So. Except just getting ahead of the curve. Getting ahead of the curve. That's right. <laughs> that's what is required so so of course i'm sure all our listeners are well aware that uh down in oz has been uh, has been hit by these terrible fires but i've heard the last few days the rains have finally come to sydney so that must be a relief yeah yeah it's fantastic mm, the um it's good uh yeah there's some great videos that that i've seen on twitter of the of the farmers that are just just like literally jumping for joy as the rain comes down yeah you know? um yeah not that the fire season's over yet but uh <laughs> but yeah it's yeah, pretty pretty amazing definitely needed and i don't think they thought that any rain was coming for another couple of months so mm. yeah it's really fortunate yeah it's a nice surprise wonderful so where are we up to in uh our you know content creator world and, and what are we going to be reviewing this episode what are we going over? Okay, well, uh, all right, I might uh, start us off then. Um, mm-hmm. So over the last few months, I've uh, Discover Earth has reached um, MVP, minimum available product, which is great. Um, so Ta-da. it's been like, hey. Oh, no, I just made that. Sorry, ignore me. Silly, it's, ta-da sound effect. Yeah, yeah, right. We need to get some uh, some sound effects as well as some intro music. We haven't we podcast. haven't done this for a few for a few months. So I think we're going to be stepping over each other's toes a little bit, a bit out of sync. But that's okay. Yes. Yes. MVP. Yeah, Wonderful. yeah, yeah. So uh, so the website's looking looking amazing. So what it does is it uh, it now pulls um, it uh, it pulls all of this all of these different types of content that shows you. In the wonders of the universe and it pulls it from all different sources across the internet um reddit and twitter and and instagram and pinterest and and lots of places um and it puts it all together into into a single into a single feed that's sorted by uh, topic 
Um, mm, wonderful. Aggregate. Yes, yes. So it combines, you know, photography and GIFs as well as um, uh, music and, and podcasts. And it's just, it's, it's a design to serve that, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the Psychonaut community um, slash, you know, mm. the David. It's, it's got a real David Attenborough sort of vibe because there's a lot of, uh, you know, like natural, um, natural history sort of documentary sort of stuff in there too. Um, yeah. So it's looking really cool. I'm really proud of it. Um, and, I, you know, I was wondering, you know, like what am I going to do here in terms of um, developing an app for it? Because if it's just, if it's a website, you know, even if it is mobile optimized, people don't necessarily, uh, you know, return to websites all that often. It's, it's apps that are just right there on your home screen that they click and return to, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So you know what I notice? I don't yeah. know about you, but I don't really do like bookmarks on my cell phone web browser. I don't really do that. No. Yeah. Have you noticed that? I don't know. It, it, maybe it's just the the narrowness of the screen, like how it's you know it's obviously long. You know, I used to do that on desktop, it's... and I'd put them. You know, like I'd pin them underneath the uh, uh, um, the URL bar. The URL. Yeah, that's so they're I, so handy when they're right there because you don't need to click any other you know buttons to see them. Of course, but I've noticed I never do that with my my like uh, my mobile version. I, I just don't do that for like Chrome on on my iPhone or whatever. I just I, I don't know. I don't even think of it. I, I I don't know. It's weird. I actually now you come to mention it when you think about it. If you're on say Chrome, I'm not maybe maybe Firefox is different. But if you're on like Chrome, I'm not sure about Android, but on iOS. When you're browsing, it's there's really no URL up the top. There's there's like no permanent, um, you know, outline. Like the, the, there's no real window, as it were. It just takes up the whole screen. What is that? Chrome on uh, iOS? Yeah, there, you, there's no. I'm sure there is like a drop down menu if you press like the top right hand corner or something. There's a three dots or whatever, and then you could probably find a bookmark folder there if you look for it. But uh, it's not as obvious as on the desktop mm. interface where it's sitting right there because you've always got URL up the top and then and then the bar below, you know. So, so just a bit of a design thing. But yeah, you're right. Uh, I think people don't uh, find it as easy or as convenient to just return to the same website uh, as easily on a mobile as desktop. Yeah. Well, I was I was doing some research and you know I was trying to find uh, like I've sunk tens of hours into uh, finding out how I can, you know, turn this into an app at the same time. Um, so, you know, like looking at different services that, you know, pulls the content off your website and then, you know, puts it in an app as well. Um, and it ranges from like, uh, like a thousand dollars. I found one for, you know, $8,000 to put the app together. And, uh, and even then what would happen is that, any customizations that you make on the website, you then have to replicate on the app as well. And it's just, you know, it's, yeah, real headache. Um, but there's a, there's this thing called, um, I stumbled across it. They're called progressive web apps. So it's like you, you, uh, you install a plugin if it's, if it's WordPress, right. And it's optimizes certain aspects of your website. Mm -hmm. You upload like a little, you know, logo and stuff. Mm. And then if users, there's a function on, uh, on all, uh, 
on all browsers, mm. on all mobile browsers, mm. where you can add a link to your home screen. Oh, okay. Yes. I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And if you've gone through this uh, progressive web app optimization, it mm. looks just like an app. Oh, I know so, what you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. I've, I've used this before. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's wicked. Like so, an app which just, yeah, it just looks like an app icon and then you tap it and it takes you to a home screen. Yeah. So it's the best case scenario. It's like I don't have to... I don't have to spend eight grand in developing a separate app, which is then cumbersome because you have to, you know, develop things for that. Oh, and that's not even, you know, that's not even including, you know, how you'd have to have a separate one for Android and a separate one for iOS. Um, yeah, so you just, you know, in the top menu, I've just got a, you know, add to home screen link and it just tells users, you know, so oh, if you're using iOS, um, yeah, Safari, you know, this is how you do it. You just click here and click here and you've added it to your home screen. So, yeah, so I think that's really important for, um, you know, for getting return users. You, you, need, to, you need to be able to, uh, yeah, you need to be able to really, e really easily, they need to really easily be able to access your site. Yes, yes. So yeah, so that was, um, that was a really big find. Um, mm. Uh, yeah, saved a lot of time and money with that. And if anybody else is, is building a similar site, seriously, progressive web apps, it's, it's got to be the way that it's done in the future because it's so much easier. Um, yeah, so, you know, so now the site's looking like a, like a real legitimate, you know, app. Like it's got a whole team behind it, but just me. Um, I, something that's come up, though, yeah. is that... I'm wondering how far I should be, I'm calling it like niching down, which is, I don't know, I just made up that phrase. But what I mean by no, it no, is it like... I've heard that before. Oh, you have? Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, yeah, 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 that's cool. Go on. It's, it's like, uh, you know, there's, there's certain like, you know, uh, I want to have memes on the page as well. I think that mm. it's it's important to be like lighthearted and 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 funny on the feed. It's important to have that emotion, you know, firing. Um, otherwise, I don't think that you're going to return to the app as much. Um, but it's like, how far should the should the you know niche humor go? Because the further it goes, the more it appeals to this you know certain small subgroup, but the less it appeals to a mainstream audience. And so there's got to be a balance that you find somewhere in there, right? So, so these psychonauts, they, uh, it's like if you go really far down this niche, you know, you've got like some real like truckies mm -hmm. in that group, you know. Um, so just lots of stoner humor, pretty much. I uh, kind of. And so, and so you have like drug memes, you know. But it's like, do you do I want that on my site, which is for these psychonauts, but. Uh, but then that will also alienate me from a more mainstream audience. Well, so hmm. that's a question that I'm struggling with right now. Well, I think you need some data to answer that question, such as yeah, yeah. how many visits are you getting to your site? Yeah, like what? Like what? What is the? I can't guess is, this. I yeah, I have you can't to just, guess it. I think you I have need to, to just get experiment. feedback. Yeah. yeah, and you need to you need to figure out. Okay, so how many how many visits am I getting? Um, how much traffic am I getting? Of the traffic I'm getting. Or how many users do I have? And of those users, how many of them are 
sort of quote unquote psychonauts if you can verify that or you know can you can yeah. you somehow sort of divvy them up into mainstream users and, and your niche users and and you know if if obviously one is dominating over the other uh, etc then you know that should inform your choice but uh, yeah that that's that's something you can't really I think that's a decision you cannot make um, you know solely on your intuition well you, well you can but I don't think it would be uh, the most effective way of making that decision. I think you better you better look at uh, who's actually coming in the door yeah. and, and, and go off that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're so right. So how is that going? Like, how's the traffic and everything? And, and yeah, so I've, uh, I've, I've found so many times I'll post something on, on social media and it just, I think it's a great post. I literally did this last night. There are new, um, there are new pictures that have come out of, uh, of the North Pole of Mars. Oh, um, sick. <laughs> just like really striking imagery. It's really cool. Um, and it's it has the strangest look. It's like uh, there's ice there, yeah. but yeah, also... Like? <laughs> hey? Yeah, I want to know. What does that look like? Is it on the side? Oh. I might check it out. Um, yeah. What is it like? Does it look like what? Does it look like our North Pole at all? That's pretty uh, trippy. I've never thought of this. Probably, just, probably go to Google Images. Of Mars. Okay, I'm going to check this out. Oh yeah! Whoa, that's. It looks. Oh. It looks um. <laughs> wow. It's uh. Oh, and it's elevated. It's like. It's got a serious elevation there, hasn't it? It's it's like very mountainous. And yeah, it's, and uh, yeah. and swirly. Swirly, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It's kind of looks like a like an ice cream swirl. You know, like oh, straight out of the exactly box. Exactly what I thought. Yeah. There's uh this this specific photo that that I found it was um it was a it was a close up of these um yeah of the North Pole but there's also these red you know sand dunes and they're right next to the frozen you know like the white ice right and so yeah so the mix of these two colors makes it look just like boysenberry ice cream. Oh my god. There's there's a certain quality to this to the whiteness of that ice, it almost looks like marzipan, you know, like covering like that cake, that kind of, it's, it's a certain kind of, it's got a certain glint to that, to that whiteness. I mean, it's, wow. Yeah. It's, that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's amazing. It's kind of like some sugary kind of a icing or something. Wow. That is really cool, man. I mean, just the fact that we have those images is just I, like that's the result of uh, you know years and years of the most incredible engineering efforts by some of humanity's smartest people. Um, yeah, so so you know I've I found this. Uh, I got a notification uh, uh, late last night, and uh, you know it says this these new photos are out from the European Space Agency. It's like oh fuck yeah! So you know I hop on Reddit. I post it there and, and repost it a bunch of different places and I was like, oh, by the time I get up in the morning, you know, this is going to be, I'm going to have all of these new people on my subreddit, join my subreddit. Uh, you know, this is going to go gangbusters, you know, it's, this is a great image. But just, no, it just was really <laughs> mediocre, the response. I ended up getting 10 uh, new people on my subreddit, uh, which is something. not all that many. Um <laughs> It's like fuck, man. Like this, just this social media game. You know, like sometimes it's just so fickle. You know, 
I might even see this exact same picture just reposted with a few words different in the title and it will just be at the front page of the website. You know, you just you just don't know how it's going to go. Um, so when it comes to getting consistent traffic, I've, uh, I've really favored an automated approach. So all of the content that goes through um, Discover Earth, it, most of it anyway, it then gets uh, reposted on all social media platforms. Uh, so we've got a, yeah, the, and the Twitter actually performs the best. Um, it brings in a couple of people each day. Uh, it's like three or four. You know, it's not a huge amount, but it's something. Okay. Um, and it's something that can grow. Yeah. Um, so it brings in about three or four people to the site each day, which is cool. Um, so, yeah, like my marketing efforts are just trying to expand that. Like I'm trying to, uh, trying to use Pinterest as well. Um, the thing is, is that there are only a few social media platforms that actually let you link back to your site easily. Uh, like Instagram, it just does not let you link back to your site. They do not want you leaving Instagram. No, Facebook-owned apps do not want you... No, that's the... Would, uh, you know, screw up the garden walls of their walled garden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They <laughs> definitely have a walled garden going on. Um, but, so, but, yeah, Twitter's pretty open. You know, a link will appear right there. It'll turn blue and in a post and you can just click it and follow it straight through the website same with pinterest um uh with with reddit you all depends on the subreddit right uh you have to choose what sort of a link it is right if it's if you're posting a picture then you just post the picture there's no link that then goes through to your website okay right so you can't really use images to market your website on on Reddit, at least in that way, I'm sure that there's some, you know, some clever ways of doing it, like through infographics or, or whatever. Um, but I, but what I've started doing on Reddit is I, I've collected a, a gigantic pool of quotes from Carl Sagan and Terence McKenna and all of these people who my community, you know, would appreciate, um, and I post the quote onto Discover Earth first. And I make it look really pretty. I give it this, you know, beautiful background of, of the earth and, you know, the, the words look like they're floating in space. Um, and then for every time that uh, that's automated, so it pulls content, pulls the quotes from my database uh, a couple, twice a day, posts it on the website. And then every time that that happens, my Reddit automation picks up that post and, uh, and puts it on my subreddit so that it can start to pull some traffic from there as well. So that's, yeah, so that's a, a different way of doing it. Um, I only just started that one, so uh, so I'm yet to see the what results end up coming from that. But, yeah, so it's starting. You know, it's a small trickle, but it's it's daily and it's consistent and it's definitely has room to grow, so that's pretty cool. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And uh, any other new side projects or anything going on? Mm. Um, the other thing is that I remember you, you told me long, uh, like months and months and months ago that I have to, uh, I have to start, you know, like going to meetups, just sort of getting involved in the, you know, in the local communities, local startup communities. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've done that. So I found a, uh, yeah, just a meetup group in, um, in Bondi 
um, not too far away from me. Uh, went to that, and that was great. You know, it's like guys there have. It was this. It was a really cool experience. You know, these guys collectively. You know, we all have decades of um, of you know experience in working on these things, and so when somebody comes up with an idea, it's this great collaborative troubleshooting brainstorming session that happens um you know just everyone bringing their experience to the table which is awesome um yeah so so i went there and uh i was you know i'm actually kind of glad i waited as long as i did before i had mvp for discover earth because otherwise like i just i don't know it's like I, it would feel like i didn't have anything you know but now I've got MVP. It's like the 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 use case is pretty clear. Um, the fog has sort of been cleared out quite a lot, which makes it easier for me to talk about sure. what it is. And so yeah, so it went really well. It went really well. And um, they've got a Telegram group mm. too, which which I'm in. So yeah, so. So it's yeah, it's cool. It's just been sort of expanding things outside of uh, you know what I what I usually do because it's it's time to move on to the next uh, phase for me. So okay. that's what I've been up to for the last couple of months, just as a yeah high level high level overview. So Sweet. it's been good, man. Oh, it's excellent. It's been good. Well, you're not the only one with uh, with uh, new new things um, going on. I got some exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got some. Uh, I've I've heard some very exciting news uh, that um, Mark, our, our uh, long-time listener, Mark, who's I'm sure is listening, is actually Logic Mason a, on Twitter. Yeah, huh, that's right. He's starting a new podcast. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so we'll have to link to that once it gets up and running. But uh, it so it's not first, up at time of recording. Not at at so, but I've uh, okay. Been, I've been privileged enough to get a sort of preview listen of uh, right. his first episode. Uh, but do you listen to Tech Zing? Tech Zing. Do you know Tech? T-E-C-H-Z-I-N-G. No, I don't know. Oh, dude, you got to listen to that. Right, so Mark's this huge, a huge fan of Tech Zing. And it's, it's like, it's a really long-standing podcast. It's like been around uh-huh. for like 10 years, right? And, and amazingly, uh, he's now co-hosting with Justin Vincent, who is one of the guys from Tech Zing. So ah, it's like cool. it's it's huge, man. Texting, Texting's got like tech podcast. Massive if you're a hacker, you'll probably like our show. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 You just looked it up, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. So one of those three hundred twenty nine episodes. Ooh, they've been going. Yeah, man. They've been doing it for like ten years. Yeah. One of those guys, uh, Justin Visit, he's going to be co-hosting with Mark, which is pretty sick, right? Beautiful. And and yeah, the name of the podcast is called Reactor. It's a cool name. Reactor. Right? Yeah, so it's going to be like ours. It's going to be a, um, you know, a, what do we call it? Mastermind. Kind of weekly mastermind pod. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so shout out to Mark, and we'll be linking that in the show notes. All right. When it's finally uh, public and, and, and on, the, on the roll. I imagine they'll probably be, probably be publishing the first app probably this coming week, because, uh, well, I, I assume that. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been confirmed yet, but they've already recorded the first one. They're going to aim for a weekly weekly uh, session, so we'll see how it goes. But judging by the first podcast, it's going to be a fantastic show. So I'm very excited for him and for everyone. So, woo, so there you go, awesome. guys. 
Reactor. So that's uh, yeah, that's our, our main man, Mark. But uh, on to me, Ben. Did you have anything else before I jump in and and? Uh, no, man. If I think of anything else, I'll I'll jump in. Okay. Okay. So here we go. So uh, I have been hiding away, <laughs> taking a break for the last uh, well several months or so. Uh, may yeah, may have almost been almost pushing. I'm six picturing months. Gollum in his cave. No, I used, you know, when I was a kid, I, I played Gollum at the Estedford. You know, my <laughs> mum was a speech and drama teacher, right? So I, I vaguely remember this. Yes, yes, yes. I won a prize uh, for a drama performance as Gollum. Yeah. I, um, for playing such an accurate Gollum. Yeah, I, I, I was quite accurate at Gollum. And I, 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 <laughs> I'm not going to do the voice now, but like, I put on, I put on like the, the whole span suit and everything and like, um, gray face paint and, and the whole thing and uh yeah anyway there's a bit of a bit of a tangent but uh I, at once in my childhood i did um do the golem so so that's part of me somewhere <laughs> deep within anyway so yes i've been there any more away. lord of the rings uh movies coming out maybe the similarian or something like that. <laughs> andy awesome. circus look out <laughs> exactly so so i've been goleming away and uh <laughs> Actually, okay, okay, this is just such a random tangent. I actually got a book written by Andy Serkis about how he played Gollum in preparation to oh, really? performance as Gollum. Yeah, I got really into it. There was like a book and wow. it showed all the That's, technical details of, of that how is they an did like incredibly niche book. Re-imaging. There you go. Yes. Niches make riches. There's somebody his for every niche. Yeah, yeah. His, his, his recollections of how he performed Gollum. Yeah, so I actually had that book when I was like 12 or 13 or whenever I did that performance. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so go, <laughs> anyway, coming back. So I've been goleming away. And I mean, I've been hitting the books and trying to get through my master's thesis and, and whatnot. And the, uh, the end goal is inside. It should be over by about June this year, which is a relief. Okay, so 2020 has finally hit. But you know what I've come to realize, buddy, is that I feel a bit like Gollum hiding away in my cave. Uh, that okay. the longer I stay away from this, and when I mean this, I mean this in a really macro. We'll have to uh, we'll have to pop the champagne on an on an episode um, in June when that's yeah when that's finally official. Up. Yes, we will. Yes, but what I've come to realize is I feel like I, the longer I stay away from, I guess broadly speaking, uh, online entrepreneurship or content creating business you know doing this this stuff i'm not talking about what kind of business it is or which platform or which which medium whether it's live streaming or whether just it's the whole thing just the whole thing just this whole thing just me just me hustling just me having my own idea and getting up there as in up online and, and just you know pushing something and and having a a, a business and a, and a vision and a and a, and a a project like this whole thing right regardless of w what kind of project it is but like the longer i just don't do that the more i feel like i'm slowly decaying inside like yeah. i feel like there's slime growing on top of me so maybe the golem reference was perfectly perfectly apt at, at this point in time like i i don't know why i just feel like i'm closing in instead mm, of expanding very, outwards yeah. it's very telling and i came to the realization yeah no i came to the realization that 
uh, like I, I, I can't not do this. Like <laughs> I have have to get back on the horse because it's making me slowly, it's slowly making me miserable. Actually, yeah, I feel that too. <laughs> so, so I eventually was like, okay, I know I've still got another six months to go till I finish my program, my my masters and whatever, and then I go, I'm I'm planning to you know go on and, and get a job and whatever. But but I honestly can't keep living like this without having a little bit of this this sunshine in my life with having a little bit of, of a spark that comes from from this uh online entrepreneur uh stuff i just i just can't it's do like it. crack it's, I, I just you just you just can't give it up now yeah and, and I, I just felt hopeless like i felt like oh my god even if i do online crack, entrepreneurship no, is really. your is your is your ring it's golem's ring it is it's your precious and now i realize that it is my precious yeah it's my precious it really is because what i realized is like even if I graduate and even if I get a job and whatever, I uh, like looking into that future, there's still this feeling within me of like, so what, you know? Okay. I tick the boxes. I might be able to put food on the table, but like, that's not, that's not the vision I want to like, that's, that's not the, that's nothing. It's, it's, well, it's not nothing, but I just felt like that's not really a creative expression of who I am. Like that's, that's not what I want for the world. That's not what I want for me. That that doesn't it's bring not me satisfaction. No, it's it, exactly. And I just realized, like, it's not so much that I'm not on a daily basis getting up and doing some, you know, plan or posting or whatever, and making a bit more money and selling a course. It's it's okay. I can actually tolerate for several months or even po perhaps up to a year. I can tolerate. I can live with not doing that practically. But I cannot live into a future in which I'm not going to get back to that. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, I can't keep living where the future doesn't look like one where I come back and I become a founder of a platform. I just can't mm. live into that future. It, so I, it, it really became very clear to me uh, in my in my. You have to take responsibility and ownership. Yeah, and I It's do. exciting and you have to solve yeah. new problems every day. And I have to do something no one else has done before. That's, that's really mm. what I feel deep down. It's like, I, I got to do something that, that no one else saw coming. Yeah. That, that wouldn't have happened if not for me. So, so, and I, 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 yes, this speaks to me. This speaks to you. I'm sure it speaks to all our listeners too. So, so this is, this is what I came to realize. And then I started to, I started to sort of organically or, or just piece by piece stumble across something which is perfectly aligned for me, which, uh, I believe is, is, uh, going to, to really, uh, take, take it off this time. Like this, this, this is going to work. Now it's going to work long term rather than short term. And this is the biggest difference from what I did last time. So I am not going to be doing any more like English online teaching stuff like that before. Mm -hmm. Like that, that is, that is over. That's, that's behind. I, somebody so, has done that one before. So that disqualifies itself pretty much straight away. Oh, that as well. Yes. But also actually underneath like this, okay. Um, uh, this, okay. The English teaching platform was my productivity app. You get what I mean? Because you tried doing that before you tried building productivity app. And you spent sunk a lot of time into it, and then you came to the realization that well, this is yeah, just not and, for me. And, and most of my and money. Lots of other people are doing it, and, and it costs a lot of money, and etc. Yeah. etc. My English teaching online platform biz was your product mm. app that you did about 
our, our attempt to just get uh, to get some money like right now money. so that then exactly. later on we can use that exactly. to do what we actually wanted to do. Yes, exactly. Little, we little did we realize that... Uh, two peas in a pot. Yeah, little did we realize <laughs> that this uh, first uh, venture is actually extremely competitive. Uh, everybody yes. else has the same idea. It's not a terribly creative yes. idea to begin with. We just thought we were just mm -hmm. going to cash in pretty quickly. Uh, it's very mainstream. And so it actually really takes a yeah. hell of a lot of time and effort to make this thing work. And resources. Yes, and our heart's not in it. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to leave this world being Ben McCarthy who made another productivity app. It's just yeah, like... world changer, that and, is. Yeah, exactly. So there's no market product founder fit. You know, you've got to get all three, right? Especially for us indie hackers because we're... Yeah, great You know, we've got to bootstrap it from the beginning so you've got to get the founder fit as well as the product market fit so this what i'm proposing next really does it is a real fit for me it is really uh what i'm all about and so that's that's the first good news so this and so it is a long-term plan rather than a short-term plan rather than a let's get rich quick and like get some money in so as you said you know i can do what i really want later so this is going to be markedly different in terms of this is a real long-term plan uh long-term goal, like Discover Earth is. It's not a short-term hustle kind of thing. So I, uh, I have come across, okay, th so that's the first thing to be very optimistic about this, this new project, this new platform, is that it is really a fit for me. And the second thing is that I have a very, very well-defined niche, a super targeted customer base, and they are very, very well-defined, like to a T. Like you can actually define exactly who is and who is not this customer. It's not about preferences. It's not about likes. It's not about lifestyles. It's about what kind of job they have. So it's like, if you have said job, you are my customer. If you don't have said job, you're not my customer. So it's like, it's wonderful because it's so liberating to know exactly who your customers are. And these are exactly the people I'm after. There's one specific group. Yes. So that's the second real reason to get really uh, excited about about this uh, new um, platform. So I won't uh, hold everyone, uh, won't hold your breath any longer. I'll just, I'll just sort of come across how I, I got across this. Okay, so I was reading up on, on some stuff on Medium, right? And I came across a really interesting article by this guy called uh, Mike Connery, right? And he was talking about think tanks and how think tanks are uh, slow on the uptake in terms of social media marketing and uh, digit, uh, you know, getting digital content and getting their message out to uh, the public. And so he sort of starts off as saying, think tanks are one piece of the information backbone of democracy. They do the hard work of researching, analyzing data, and they do, you know, longer, they take, the research takes a longer view. Uh, but media habits have changed, you know, Policymakers, journalists, average citizens are too busy to take a deep dive into academic papers or publications. So he's, he's, he's taking us through this, you know. So he's, he's, the transition between two models has plagued the publishing industry for years and journalism as well. However, New York Times and other, you know, other said uh, outlets, news outlets have managed, you know, have innovated and managed to create new business models for themselves, which uh, are now, you know, proving successful and, and you know, they're, they're in the midst of change. Whereas think tanks uh, that hope to win on these metrics, they must adapt to the shifting media behaviors. So he did 
he did this brief survey of about 25 of the top US-based think tanks. And, and he found that only three uh, had experimented with sort of um, interactive presentations. Uh, only six were fully optimized to make sharing on social media. Uh, and then only 10 had consistently published full reports on the websites as opposed to abstract supporting downloadable PDFs, right? And okay. yeah, he started to go through this and, and pointing out that in the analysis of their own PDF reports, that a third of all reports published on these think tanks had never been downloaded and fewer than 13% had been downloaded more than 250 times. So, so all he, this good information is just going this nowhere. Is just sitting on the, these sites. And so I read through the article. I mean, the, the, main, the main thrust of it, obviously, is that think tanks re need real help in getting their message out there, in getting their research to a wider public and to, and to other policy makers, and to making their sites and their online content more, you know, more attractive, more engaging, etc. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. And so I started to poke around other places. And, and, and anyway, long story short, okay, I'm actually looking to work at a think tank after I finish my degree, because that's what I study. I study like national development, which is all about policy. And this is really what I like. Like I like stuff to do with policy and, and international relations and et cetera, et cetera. Like this is, this is actually, you know, for me, this is like what I'm into. This is a bit like you and, and natural wonders and, and science and such and such. So I like, I'm going to go into this kind of world anyway. Right. And I was like looking through these think tanks at internships and jobs because I'm trying to spruce up my LinkedIn profile and get ready to you know find some job in probably China analysis or East Asia expert or something like this. And I'm going through these websites and I'm like, wow, like some of them are really poorly designed and yeah, a lot of them, like the, the articles, uh, you have to download them as a PDF, you know, it's, it's, it's not user friendly. Like who's going to download a PDF and read through that these days? Like people, people want like a beautifully designed, uh, you know, something um, you can easily read on your mobile as well. Beautifully designed written content. Exactly. Something that's mobile optimized. Exactly. And I'm just like looking at them like, geez, they're so, these, these, these websites, they just feel so stuffy and, 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 and I'm like, well, of course, because like, who's behind these websites? Like these guys are all, you know, like almost like academics, really. Like they, they probably went to grad school and then stuffed their heads full of facts and ideas. And they're, you know, they're policy people. They don't have any idea about social media and all this, the rest of it. And I'm like, yeah, that's just like that guy's article. And then I started poking around a bit more. And you know what I came to the realization? I realized that there's like no blog or there's no, there's no aggregator of policy uh, of, of think tank articles anywhere. I started trying to find one. I started trying to find a place like Hacker News where you could just go and find all this week's latest articles from different think tanks because every think tank has like an expert opinion section or like a latest recent article section. They have all the experts write a little op-ed piece about what's going on. You know, if you, you look- what are, what are some of these? Think tanks, can you give me the top three? Oh names? yeah, I'll give you, well, there's, there's hundreds of them, man. There's, okay, if you really want to get into think tanks, there's a guy called um, McCann, Professor McCann, I can't remember his first name, at Pennsylvania University. He does an annual ranking of all the think tanks in the world. There are literally thousands and thousands of think tanks around the world. Okay, there are 1,900 in the US alone. 
there are 500 in, in China, 500 in India, 300 in the UK, and I think the next is Germany, 200 in Germany, and it goes down like this. Australia's got about 45, Taiwan's got about 60. Uh, and yeah, like there are thousands and thousands of think tanks. Some are independent, some are government affiliated, blah, 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 blah. But if you go to Pennsylvania University, they have, they have like a think tank uh, ranking every year. But if you really want like the big names in think tanks, you want to go Brookings Institute, you want to go, um, uh, who else? Well, maybe the Quincy Institute. I mean, these are all DC based. You probably want to go Brookings. You want to go Chatham House in the UK. If it's Australia, you want to go Lowy Institute. Like these are the really big ones that have tons of money. Um, they probably don't need my, you know, help uh, with uh, getting their message out or, 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 or accessing, um, uh, you know, the, the yeah. The if anybody has the right to get it, you know that it's them. They do, but there are, yeah, but there are ton, like there are hundreds and hundreds. Like in, in Europe, you've got like um, the Mercator Institute for China Studies. Uh, you, you know, you've got lots of EU affiliated think tanks. Uh, Klingendeal, I think that's how you say it, C-L-I-N-G-E-N-D-A-E-L. This is in Holland, that's Holland's biggest think tank. Like, you've just, you've got the, the Peace Foundation here in Taiwan, that's that's sort of one of the big ones. You've got the Japan, um, uh, the Tokyo Institute, I think it's called, or the Kyoto Institute. You've, got, you've just got so many, man. This is like hundreds and hundreds, thousands and thousands of them. Uh, so... What have come? Yeah. So what I realized is like, okay, here's another thing that they're lacking. They're lacking like a place, like an a site that aggregates all these articles. And I noticed from a couple of people that I know personally who work in think tanks in Delhi, they're always trying to get their articles like published or out out to someone else. Like I, as a former journalist, keep getting messages sometimes from a lady in in India who who knows me. She's like, oh. Where can I publish my latest article on such and such a thing? I want to get it out there. And I go on her Think Tank website, and she's got it posted there, but she hasn't got it anywhere else. And I'm like, hmm, this is really interesting. She's having a lot of, you know, she's she's a great expert. And she writes this stuff up, but she has no way of optimizing getting her, getting her stuff out yeah. there. Okay. Marketing's a whole separate skill set. Yeah, and you know what? I'm looking for these research Think Tank positions on LinkedIn, and it's actually shockingly bad. It's shocking how bad LinkedIn is at sending you notifications or sending you updates for jobs that you actually want. Now, I don't know if this is all of, all, for all users in LinkedIn, but when you type in like policy analysts or something like that into the LinkedIn search bar, you get policy analysts from all sorts of different things. Like you get policy analysts, analysts for environmental policy, refugee policy, uh, you know, stuff that's not related to my area of expertise. I, I want like international relations policy expert or like China expert or something like this, but you type that in and you get very few results. And what I found is that there are a lot of results that don't come up when you look specifically under those search terms. And I've tried all sorts of search terms and LinkedIn keeps sending me emails every day with like, oh, here's another 30 new new uh, jobs for policy analyst or, or Asia policy analyst. And it will have like something about like, uh, okay, it'll have like some chemical, some, some need for some chemical engineer who's also got, had a background in public policy to work in, in America, but maybe one of their branches, this American company has a branch in Singapore or something. So now apparently that's connected to Asia. So it's, it's like, there's, it's absolutely a shotgun approach. There's, there's just no clarity. It's so random that I, I don't open most of those emails from LinkedIn. I'm thinking like LinkedIn's supposed to be like, you know, the 
the big, the biggest in the business. Like this, it's kind of shocking. But I went looking for other websites that have that have think tank jobs. There are a couple of blogs. There are a couple of blogs, but they're kind of outdated, and they were run by some sort of smallish think tanks who, as as like a non-profit side hustle or non-profit. I shouldn't say non-profit side hustle, but it doesn't make sense. Non-profit uh, project, and so probably that's why it ran out of steam. So you go on there and you look up for, for jobs, and it's like 2016 was the last job, and you're like, okay. So there are a couple of attempts to do something like this, but nothing that really uh, delivers on its promise. There's nothing that really gives you updated information on where can I get a job right now in a think tank. Like there's no jobs job bank specializing for think tanks and if you go on other think tanks oh, sorry think so tanks. i'm hearing two things here one is aggregating the content aggregating the other one content. is a better way to to get a find, job find jobs yeah because there are a lot of people who want to work in think tanks but there's no place for them to find think tank jobs exactly job okay. postings for think tanks so this is this is a couple of the big uh not not saying they have to be separate uh uh, yeah, like a separate thing, just like, you know, no. Nomad List the, is, um, it's, you know, it's like that, you know, obviously the, the interactive list of all different places to work and all their attributes yeah. for all the cities, but then also it's a jobs board. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. I'm getting a bit excited. I wanted to sort of get a sort of tell the backstory as to how I came around to this idea, but yeah, here we yeah, go, right. people. This is called Policy People. This is my platform. Mm. Yeah. This is what's going to be good called name. going forward. PP, Policy People. It's a good name, right? Okay. So, Policy People is a community website for people in think tanks. So, the slogan is for foreign or for international relations. Okay, Policy People, where international relations experts think outside the tank. <laughs> it's kind of like thinking outside the tank together. So, it's like. You spend all your working life inside your think tank with your other little niche people and you, 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 know, you conduct your policy research for your said government. But where do you find other people around the world, other people in your country, other people who are researching or developing similar policies as you, you come to policy people. So it's a, going to be a global website just for people who work in think tanks. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. That's it. So that's sort of the mission. So the mission is to give people who work in think tanks a place to connect with each other, discuss their ideas, share their work. Because people who work in these, in these think tanks, they're experts. They really need to lift their profile. They really need to get their work out there. They really need to raise their public profile. And their image, their status is very important for their career. It's not just a case of locking themselves away uh, like a scientist, perhaps, and you know, working really hard to, until they discover a new drug, and then they, you know, that's their secret to success. And then marketing it as someone else's job. No, 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 exactly. No, no, no. These people are like different. That. These are the like the talking heads that you get on some talk shows when they need someone to talk about what's North Korea going to do next or Iran or something. They need a public profile. They need a familiar face. They need to get their name out everywhere, and they especially need to get well known amongst their own community amongst other people in the policy world because these are the people who you know open up new doors for them get them new opportunities so i see this this real obvious need to serve this community and to get give them the tools so they can um enhance 
their their standing within their community, get to connect with other people. So this will be, you know, something in the in the similar. Okay, I can see it as like a slow progression, right? And the good thing about my situation is one of the good things about my situation right now is that I, because I'm finishing my master's degree, and because uh, I am looking for a job in a think tank shortly after that. I have significantly more time constraints on me now than I did when I was doing the English teaching thing. So I'm going to be forced to have to take this slow. Like this is going to be built out one step at a time. Like this is not going to happen overnight. But what I envision, the first thing to get uh, a community together, to get a group of users together, is to have a uh, article sharing aggregator style website in the in the um, tradition of something like Hacker News, but it's Hacker News for policy people, people in think tanks. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, building out something simple like that, uh, probably a WordPress website with a couple of, I've looked into a couple of plugins with upvoting functions and such and such. So that would probably where it be where it begins. So Hacker News kind of style website, you know, obviously it's free to post. I mean, everything's free at that stage. It's just, I'm just get, getting a community together and then probably slowly evolving onto, well, everyone who posts there can start to get a profile. And of course it links back to their think tanks. So think tanks are going to support it because they want to get more traffic to their site. So just like Hacker News, you have an article up the top. People post on Hacker News. Why? Because they want to get more people to click through to their site. So it's going to be the same thing. You post your articles so for example recently everything's been all the think tanks especially in the west have been talking about you know iran and, and trump and escalation in the middle east so you know it would be like you know you know trump's policy in the middle east is is rubber run. Yeah. okay so that's the headline of the article okay and then it gets voted up and then people click through and oh okay now there are all these people clicking through to the quincy institute for example so think tanks are going to want to get their articles on there because that's going to help them but it's mostly going to be the writers, the authors, the experts who posted themselves. So that's going to be like sort of the first initial stage. After that's fully fleshed out and developed and we got, you know, that maybe at least hundreds, possibly in excess of a thousand users on there regularly posting and it's getting some momentum. We'll start to build out profiles. So you can have a profile, then you can start to um, do, you know, it's you're going, to, going to try to eventually make it more like an actual, um, members membership site so something more like indie hackers or nomad list so and then possibly like so that's probably another two to three years of development there and that would be bringing in features such as um just sorry I'm just taking a drink here mm. that would be um bringing in features such as further optimization for social media i listened to this podcast recently uh, by a guy called Dimitri on Indie Hackers. He, he's the founder of Just Reach Out, which is a startup which helps companies do their own PR. So it's like DIY PR. So you don't need to go to a PR agency anymore. You can use this SaaS business to access journalists and influencers and get your company press through their SaaS business. So it's like a two-end market. So they, you know, two-sided market, they get journalists on on one end and and they get companies on the other and they help them uh reach out to journalists so they can get press so if there's a journalist covering for example vr 
a VR company can use their search engine to find journalists who want to find VR companies to write about in their, in their press releases, in their news stories. So going off that, it was a wonderful podcast. Highly recommended. We'll link it in the show notes to Dimitri because he's also a family guy and he's built a business where he only has to work 25 hours a week and that's something I aspire to. But anyway, anyway, that's that's separate. I mean, just because he's got kids and I've got kids. I've got another one coming, by the way. So all listeners, uh, we got our second yeah. child coming in, in June. There we go. Yeah, I'm just, sorry, guys, you can probably... Dropping the big news in the middle. I'm dropping all the big news. Yeah. You can probably tell. I mean, like, I'm, this is this is what it's like to be Gollum. Like, this is why Gollum talks so quickly. I mean, I got all this stuff in my in, inside that I'm just like, oh my god, I'm finally recording this podcast. I'm finally getting to update everyone what's going on. I'm jumping all around the place. So please forgive me today, and I might not be so coherent and clear as as I hope I usually am because I've got so much to say. So so Dimitri from Re- Just Reach Out gave me this spark of an idea. I'm just like, holy crap, I can do the same thing but I can connect experts, aka policy people, aka experts in think tanks, to news agencies, reporters, who want uh, expert opinion on said policy topic so they can find someone. So for example, US-China trade war. Uh, they may need, you know, there's gonna be some journalist who wants to write an, a, a piece for, I don't know, Financial Times or just whatever, you know, Sydney Morning Herald about the US-China trade war. Oh, they want some expert who has a background in China studies. They might find uh, me, maybe, <laughs> on, uh, on through this, through the site, through policy people, and then they can connect. So this will give the people who, policy people members, um, uh, a tool through which to get more coverage in the press to increase their profile. So, that's going to be one of the one of the tools that you get as a pro member. That's going to be one of the things that encourages people a bit like Nomad List to go for the monthly membership. And mm. to, so that's that's sort of the medium term kind of development I see it uh, going. You know, probably two to three years down the track, and then four to five years down the track, I, I, w- I want to say I want to eventually start to target people, students in international studies. Uh, majors and and postgraduate students just like myself right now who are trying to get into think tanks and trying to start a career in policy related fields and slowly uh, add on the search engine function so that would become more like a mini mini highly niche linkedin and that's you know probably sort of the end goal that's towards the end so you will be able to find job postings and of course i might i don't know uh, how that would work maybe it would be it would come under know um a monthly fee or like membership access or maybe you know the think tanks themselves will pay a small fee to to advertise their job postings on the site something like that but this is sort of uh the rough um trajectory now i'm much more clear on the short-term trajectory the first couple of years uh which is to build out a really uh popular and and, and highly usable and, and very interactive hacker news style aggregator for policy articles yeah so that's the first step so anyway i've been ranting so, a bit. i've probably got some more to, to so more to where say, are you up to now with it where am i up to now i've just started with the help of my lovely mother who's been helping me send out emails to because i'm just so snowed under with other work so i am taking it really really slow but the fact that i'm even doing a little bit of work on it right now just makes me just makes my emotional well-being and my whole state of mind 
more positive because I've got a lot of crap going on right now with uh, money issues and stuff with the cram schools and stress in terms of like, okay, I've got a couple of possible internships coming up uh, in the ether, and, which are really good opportunities for me, for my, you know, my actual policy related career. But whether or not I can work in America, for example, is something I have to dig into. We're probably not going to move to America, even though I've got an internship offer over there because uh, well, we've got a baby coming in June. So there's all this kind of thing going on. And there's a couple of other, you know, there's, there's a couple of internships, one of which I could stay here, which is ideal in Taipei because I don't really want to move. We don't really want to move at this stage anyway. But, but uh, those internships, as you know, a lot of internships are like this. They're sort of unpaid for the first couple of months. How do I do an unpaid internship while I'm still finishing my master's degree while I've got another baby or two, almost two children on the way now and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go, I, go down this dark hole but what I I'm don't really like, agree with unpaid internships I think that's just free labour I yeah, yeah it's bullshit but I'm anyway not all for that. I, I, I'm not going to drag up probably be illegal into, <laughs> it should be legal really really it's all just such crap man it's like you've got to have a master's degree now and then you, you and then you can be an intern <laughs> Yeah, then you can be. Yeah, then you have the glory of being an intern yeah. for a couple of months. Where it's you been get such paid. a slow the, creep. Of, here's the trap, of... man. Like you need to, you need to be financially uh, stable enough, or you need to have savings, or you need to have someone to fall back on to even work for free. Because like, yeah, usually, if you, if you if you live month to month, like paycheck to paycheck, like I do at this point in my life, just teaching a bit of English and just getting by by paying the rent like that, and then you have to give up your your income for two to three months to do internships just to, in order to get a foot into the industry you want to work in. You know, like, you have to risk doing an internship that may or may not materialize into a full-time job. Uh, and if you don't it get it, you've just quit. Start again. Try, yeah. again. try a different... You've got to start again. But guess what? You've already, like, given up two to three months of your original, your, your, your original job that you had. In this case, for me, it's English teaching. You've already said, sorry, guys, I'm moving on. And then you close the door on that. And then you, you've... If you don't end up getting a position in that company, then you've got to go like back and find some more part-time work or some more English teaching or some more whatever you do for as a day job. And so you're like, it takes you pretty much six months back because it doesn't. You can't just pick up more work just overnight. So I've been through I've been through this kind of thing before, man. Yeah, it's just so bullshit. Bullshit. Anyway, I, I don't want to get started on a rant about that. But what I'm saying is, right now in my life, like person, like I, I'm figuring out all this stuff. Like, how am I going to graduate by June? By the time the baby's here, how am I going to get something stable in a in a related field in a policy, you know, international relations based job in the next six months? Like all of this is is really insane. Uh, so policy people, I'm keeping really really small time for now, and I'm just taking it in baby steps. But the fact that it's happening or the ball is starting to roll is is just making me feel so much better about myself. It makes me feel like I'm I'm coming out of the gloom. And I'm actually heading towards a future that I, I want to head towards. So that's that's it's really good for you know positive vibes and for keeping for keeping my chin up pretty much. Because if if I didn't have something to keep my chin up for at the moment, it would be, it would be pretty tough to, to get through the next few months. So let me get really uh, practical and, and and give everyone some some sort of um, feasible uh, you know demonstration of what I'm actually doing here. Okay, so I've started the ball rolling. I've got a spreadsheet, a Google spreadsheet that I'm sharing with my mum, and I uh, am emailing people in think tanks 
and asking them, would you like or can we repost your uh, article, said article about XYZ kind of topic, um, because we really think it's great and we're starting this platform called Policy People. You know what? Why don't I just read out the email I'm sending everyone? Um, and so what that I sounds good. Yeah, what I decided to do is rather than just contact random people all across the globe, why not um, take a very specific group? Okay, um, uh, because okay, first this of is all, an advantage in that the people that you're after are publicly identifiable and have yes, clear contact yes, information. Yes, this is exactly. not always it's the not case when the you're trying to grow a community. Exactly, I know. So I'm so lucky. This is why I'm really like this is one of the reasons I'm really bullish about uh, this thing is that like it's really clear who they are because you go on the think tanks every think tank has expert lists I can see their names I can see where they went to school it's right there and they are my customers I'm not going for anyone else I'm not going for people who are just interested in policy or, or interested in international relations or interested in global news and affairs no 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 I'm going for these people and that's it right mm. so it's really exciting that I know exactly who to go for it's like I can pick them off one at a time almost. Anyway, um, yeah. so I decided because, okay, first of all, when I say policy people, I should make it specific. Policy is obviously massive, you know, lots of different policy. I'm actually going for international relations or foreign policy or, or diplom diplomacy policy kind of uh, people. Like that's my focus. It's about international relations. Okay, so that's firstly the first thing I need to mention. The second thing is even international relations policy, that's really big. So actually the first subgroup I'm going to go for are people in South Asian policy about India and surrounding countries, you know, the subcontinent, because this is the area I'm writing my thesis on at the moment. So I decided why not connect with people in this area? They don't have to be in South Asia. Obviously they could be in other parts of the world, but they're just, their focus is about South Asia. Why don't I focus on this region specifically? Because obviously the more niche it is, the more, the more value it will add to them. So for example, obviously, Someone who's a Pakistani researcher in Islamabad who, reaches, who researches India-Pakistan relations and someone in Washington who also researches India, you know, something broadly about the Indian region, right, of, of that area. If, if I say this month we've got a special, you know, collection of articles all about the latest issues uh, on South Asia. Both of those people are obviously much more likely to click through and to, to check it out than if I connect if I connect with two people, one person who does Arctic policy, which is actually a really, really popular topic right now. Like everyone's researching the Arctic, just just as a side. Uh, Arctic policy and another person who researches you know, Is that because of the global warming's like melting those, the Arctic and it's opening up sea lanes? Well, yeah, and so then there's this there's this race on for the minerals and you know between Russia and China and and and, and Canada and other other wow. Arctic powers. It's is this big thing right now. So the Arctic Council That's is pretty like cynical. Expanding it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> there's lots of uh, lots of stuff going on. But anyway, not to get down that uh, rabbit hole. But um, yeah, like you obviously get it. Like obviously people in the same region, the same sub you know category of of international relations policy are going to find it more engaging if their particular region is the focus at this point. So I decided why not just focus on South Asia first and then go from there. Okay, so this is what I, I wrote to uh, a guy called uh, Professor Harish Pant, right? So I said, hi, dear Harish Pant. 
Um, my colleagues and I are developing a new open source platform named Policy People. The platform will be a space for foreign policy experts to connect with their peers, showcase recent articles, and think outside the tank together, quote-unquote. <laughs> Very clever. We, we are scheduled to launch the site in February. The special focus for our first month will be on South Asia. We aim to enable a dialogue between the best minds on South Asian policy matters. I really enjoyed the unique perspective you brought to issues on India's position regarding the latest tensions in the Middle East in your piece, quote-unquote, India's Middle East conundrum. I am very keen to include this excellent article in our selection on the region. We would not only republish the article with full original publishing credits for ORF, ORF is the name of the think tank which this comes from, but also a direct link to the ORF website. If you have any other requests or suitable articles, please let me know and I'll be happy to oblige with those as well. Looking forward to widening your readership within the policy community. See, that's, that's really the value right there. That's the bait. Widening your re readership within the policy community. Best regards, Liam. Mm, so very good. he got back to me and he said yes. So at the moment we're getting a... Winner. Yeah, winner. So at the moment we're getting a hit rate of about one in four, one in five. Replying and saying yes, which I think is pretty good considering it's a cold email. So, uh, do do the rest say reply and say no, or do they not reply? Uh, there's only been no, no one's actually said no. There's only been one or yeah, two people who said reply. we uh, we need more information about your platform, mm. and so I just replied back with a bit more information. Okay. And one of those two people said yes, and the other person didn't reply. So there's no no, there's no like. No, this is against our policy or something. There's no, no, no actual outright rejections. It's just been a few, uh, just, yeah, just about three. Well, I mean, most people aren't replying, but that's, that's kind of normal. So, that is totally so normal. yeah, it's totally normal. So, so the aim is to get, uh, about 10 to 15 articles. So we've got fifth, we've got six yeses now. So we've got about six articles that have been okayed. Um, and so once we've got about 10 to 15, I'll, I'll um, build out a very basic, uh, just just knock together a very basic uh, WordPress, you know, with a template and use a WordPress template and a couple of plugins for uh, for a, you know, um, uh, aggregator. Mate, to, to mate, let me do that for you. I'll have it. I'll knock you up a uh, a a prototype. It'll be done in two days. Oh, would you? Oh, thanks, man. That's so awesome. Oh, you don't have to do that. It'll be. Seriously, you'll have minimum viable products in like <laughs> in a couple of days. I just it, because it's it's so close to Discover Earth, and it's like I've explored so many different ways of doing it for Discover Earth. It's like I know I know the landscape, uh -huh. you know. I know what your choices are, and I know how to put it together. Oh, this is great because this is what, this is another reason I'm so excited because actually our our these okay now that I'm you know now our business models are really similar actually. <laughs> and now, and now our, our focus and our style of doing this yeah. is going to be really similar. Um, not 100% the same, but it's going to be much more um, yeah. alike. So that's just going to be so great for us as we, you know, do this every week. Uh, or, and, uh, you know, share um, tips and, 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 you know, keep each other keep each other prepped and, and all the rest of it. So, yeah, so yeah that's yeah. kind of where I'm I'll get to. you up to speed, man. Yeah, thanks, man. That's so great. So I'm really excited. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much um, where I'm up to. I, I want to say like, okay, for the next six months, I'm going to take it super slow. Uh, and 
I'm just going to be reposting a few more articles and hopefully trying to get the people who were part of the first batch to post again, or you know, of their own volition and to of their own accord. Of their yeah. own accord, that would be ideal. Like that's obviously the aim is to is to get them. You know, to you might have more luck if you can convince them to I don't know, like to like connect a feed to the website. Like so, they just have to say yes once. And then automatically it pulls their content thereafter or something like that. Yeah, that's the best idea. Oh my God, that would take all the, all the crap about getting that permission every single time. That would be the best. Exactly. That's a, see, that's the first brilliant idea you've had. Exactly. That's really good. But I, okay, A, I don't really know how to pull the content yeah, well, itself. Yeah, that's another thing. I've, I've paid somebody to... to um, uh, to pull content from different places, but with some adaption, it might be able to. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of ifs because it depends on how it's done, but yeah, it's we'll see, we'll see. Sure. Because I reckon, here's what I reckon. I reckon some of these people, once they see the site and they see like yeah. how it's going to help them, yeah. they can see that it's it's made for policy people. They're going to be like, oh, sick! This will get me a few extra views every week. Cool. I, I dig it. But those people are probably not going to have the time or, you know, to like when they publish their article on their, on their think tank websites, they're probably not going to go, Oh, how do I post on that policy people thing? Do I have to like go there and copy all the text in and, uh, uh, that's a bit too much work. Right. So I think at this point, they're not going to go there of their own volition and click all the boxes and, and give it a sexy title. And, you know, that's probably just too much work. But if I said to them, how do you like the site? Do you dig it? And they're like, yeah. And then I'm like, would you like to, for me, 100%. to automatically share your post, uh, you know, every time? I reckon that, it, you know, just just click yes or no, you know, pretty much. And just say yes. You know, I think I think uh, at least several of them to begin with will probably say, yeah, why yeah. not? You know, because it's, it's no extra work on their behalf. So that's exactly what I should be trying to do. Make it as easy. Onboarding process, mm -hmm. make it as smooth and as simple as possible. So that's going to be the first phase is just doing that and going to try and get the robots to do as much as possible. Yeah, exactly. And I, I really hope, um, I, I'm sort of taking a leaf out of Cortland Allen's approach to how he sort of mm -hmm. slowly built up indie hackers. Now he only took a couple of months to really launch and to really get traction. Um, but he did a shitload of work with his interviews and stuff um, mm. to begin with. I don't, really I think we listened to the same podcast episode by coincidence about that. Oh, did you, the one with the girl in like Thailand or whatever, who interviewed him over YouTube? Did you watch that? Oh, um. I, did you watch the YouTube video where he's, he's interviewed uh, by a girl in, is it Malaysia or Thailand? Shit, it might've been. It was a girl interviewing it him. It might've been, right? But she was, was the, a she was an early yeah. founder of, um, uh, Instagram. She's got a, she's got a company called People and Company, I think, or oh. People and Community. And it's about, it's a, it's a business that helps people grow their online communities. Oh, mm. that's cool. But so she interviewed him. Her. Is she like, yeah, okay, maybe. I can't remember her um, name, obviously. Can't remember her name. Yeah, anyway, I, I, I've been listening to Cortland Allen interviews, like of people interviewing him rather than him interviewing people. Uh, well, actually, I've been listening to him interviewing people too. But anyway. Um, yeah, just so, a lot of Cortland Allen. <laughs> just a lot of Cortland Allen, yeah, yeah unsurprisingly. But um, like, I liked the way he did the sort of slow launch in that he 
interviewed like a bunch of people and then showed it to them and said like, what do you think of the site? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, ABC, you could have, you know, done X, Y, Z and then just give them some feedback. And he, he, you know, shifted it a bit, changed it up a bit, got a bit more feedback, invited a few more indie hackers to check it out. And then he gave himself like two months iteration. Now, obviously he's a whiz coder, so mm. he can do all this very quickly, yep. but like he gave himself like a couple of months to really, really, um, uh, put, put, put it together. And then I think he posted on, on Hacker News or, or maybe, maybe Product Hunt or wherever. Anyway, then he, then he went really public with it and then he got like, you know, a thousand users and everyone started to use it really quickly and such and such. So he did like that slow iteration process. So that's sort of what I want to do, but I want to stretch it out over like six months until I graduate. So I want to slowly, maybe after the first month where I do like a South Asia focus in February, maybe March, I might do Southeast Asia focus. And again, just like send out a bunch of emails to Southeast Asia experts and then get their articles on for March and then just try to get as much feedback from the users as possible and just say like, Hey, what other feature would you like? And you know, how do you like the design? And does it look nice? Whatever. What are the concerns do you have about, you know, this? Yeah. And, I've been meaning to put in a, I, so I have a link in my top menu that's, um, that's uh, called your feedback and goes through a Google form. Oh, but what I would really like is for that feedback form to be part of the feed. And so it'll pop up maybe like once a once a week or something. Um, so yeah, you encounter it just as just as part of you know mm. the natural use of yeah of the feed. Um, I really like that. That's really user friendly. Mm. You should do that. That's yeah, really got to work out how to embed it in there properly. But yeah. Oh shit! Maybe it can just be a link. You know. Yeah. Just for yeah, starters. Sick. That's a good one. Yeah, man. So that's pretty much that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much where I'm up to at this point. Yeah. So. Woo. It's, that's exciting uh, all man. new horizons man yeah it's new horizons you gotta you gotta you gotta um get me that horizon what's the end of the the pirates of the caribbean bring line? me that horizon bring me that horizon thank you thank you thank you we got to bring ourselves that horizon keep our heads right, up and well, keep on chugging chuckling how much time do you have uh today we can get started <laughs> dude oh, i wish man i oh, love okay. you've got okay. you've got other things to do Ooh, we could do it's 10 30 here i could do i could do an hour i could do an hour because i told let's do I told it Yama, let's get the ball rolling i could do the i could do an hour i've got to take my mum's here at the moment i've got to take mum and the fam up to the mountains uh today because the sakura have already started blooming here which is kind of crazy um sakura should is that blooming, blooming early like, yeah it's blooming early so yeah, <laughs> it's water. blooming early if we use aussie english Blooming early. Ah. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's, that's pretty bad. It's blooming early. It's blooming, blooming early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad pun. Um, anyway, so, 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 <laughs> I gotta take them up there for lunch. So I could probably, I could probably do another hour, like 11.30, then, then, then I'll be there. Then I'll be there. All right, man. Yeah. Let's wrap up here and okay, then they will Thank you. get rolling. Let's do that. Let's get rolling. Okay. Thank you, dear listeners. We'll be back uh, very soon. Um, and uh, happy Chinese New New Year to one and all. It's the year of the rat next week or this week, pretty much this week, this coming week. So happy year of the rat to everyone and see you in the new year. See you around, guys.